One last time, a little final twirl around the rink here, end of the 2021 season, and we got a lot of free agents to talk about, plus signings and more that's all coming up. It's World Hockey Report, presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, a Canadian-owned and operated company, proud supporting community hockey and programs in Canada. Lord Co., they've been a shop for aftermarket auto parts, truck accessories, RV supplies, and even camping essentials for over 85 years in BC and Alberta. Go check them out today, lordco.com. They're also open seven days a week. Edmonton, that's where they're at right now. It's the best place. It's on St. Albert Trail, the best store you're ever going to check out. Let's snap it over to Katie Caldwell, hanging out with us here again one more time. Katie, what's going on? How's the busy week been for you? Oh, man. I mean, never a dull moment. What a day yesterday. What flat cap era. <laughs> couple of bucks being chucked around. Just anyway, a couple. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive into some more of the numbers, some more of the signings. There's a lot that's been going on. But again, I mean, Olympics, they're going on right now. Penny Alexiak's been crushing it for Canada. I don't know if anyone else has even won medals at this point in time. But come Canadian on, what women, you- man. I know. I've seen something. It was like- It's wild. Eleven, maybe more now. It's like people are just starting to figure out how dope Canadian women are, or maybe just how bad the men are. I don't know. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we, won't, we, won't it, we won't dive into uh, that uh, called sexist or anything on the show here this morning. But no, I mean, I, I think it's awesome. You got sports on around the clock. It's kind of mm-hmm. fun. It's a little bit weird times too. So it's not like during your work day where you're like missing it. Can I see it in the morning, mm-hmm. night? I'm down with it. Well, and it's just a sense of like global community in after a time where we've all felt so isolated. Like it, it's pretty cool to just watch something and know that the whole world is watching the same thing. Like uh, there's been so much fighting in our world and it's kind of nice to just pretend none of that exists and just watch people <laughs> hang out all in one place. Let's let's think the whole world's watching. I feel like there's a lot of people <laughs> that don't watch the Olympics though. Because like yeah. some, some and some of it just sucks. Like there's I'm sorry. You're not going to catch me watching two people wrestling on the ground. I, I, you know, I'm just, or, you know, it's like Olympic boxing. It's like, okay, nope, sorry. You're not Mike Tyson. Uh, You know, it's no disrespect to the athletes. I just don't enjoy it. That's fine. I mean, there's people who don't enjoy hockey, but like there's a couple of events where I'm all like, I will not miss the hundred meter dash. No chance. Oh, absolutely not. That's just such a big, like cultural moment to be a part of because it's always so iconic. Is Usain Bolt one of the best athletes of all time? Uh, I think Penny Alexiak is creeping into that conversation. If she was winning golds like Michael Phelps, I would agree with that. And I get it. She's still young. So there's still a long way to go. But just on the swimming standpoint, I think Michael Phelps is just at a different level right now. I'm not saying Penny can't Hmm. get up to But how many golds does Michael Phelps have? Does he have like 20? Yeah, but isn't Penny 21? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think she has six. So, yeah, I think I think she'll be working herself into the conversation, if not within the next few years, um, potentially at the end of these Olympics. Can I say one event I want to line up? And, like, I, I'll, I'll put a grand on the line if we can, you know, broadcast this. I want to see Penny versus Jamie in a swimming race. 100%. I just want to see that. I mean, doesn't that seem fun? What a wild week for the Alexiaks, hey? Like seeing uh, Jamie up there with the Kraken and he was so pumped and firing up the crowd. And then you see his sister just casually be one of the most badass people on the planet. Like what, imagine just going to one of their family dinners. (laughs) Oh, I know. I mean, talk about the parents too. Yeah. You're you're, you're with Hugh's category. (laughs) Like, sorry, mom and dad. (laughs) You're you're doing (laughs) so. No, that's awesome. I mean, Olympics are going on. That's great. We will dive into some hockey stuff, though. Hit us up in the comments. I want to know everyone's favorite free agent signing trade, whenever Mm. 
is we'll dive into all of that. And of course, it's for our friends at Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Game seven of the Stanley Cup final or game one of your next beer league season. You know you need a twig you can trust. Pro Rock's that hockey stick. Pro Rock, family-owned Canadian company changing the hockey stick game. They're lighter, more balanced at the best price point when it comes to top-of-the-line sticks. Check them out today, ProRock.com. Follow them on social media. Now... I, I mean, do we start with goaltenders, defense, forwards? I'll let you choose this one. Just tell me a position, and I'm going to throw one off you. Let's start goalies, because I feel like that was a pretty spicy goalie day. Slash uh, I'm See, I'm, I'm down with goalies. I just never want to, like, force that on someone who's like, oh, goalies. And they always get talked about. No, I love talking about the goalies. <laughs> so, Philip Grubauer, obviously, you didn't think he'd get a 6 by 6 in Colorado. Ends up going to Seattle. That shakes thing up there. And then Seattle trades uh, Vanacek back to Washington. Were you surprised that Seattle was able to land this big fish? Seattle has been confusing me a bit. And I actually want to ask you your opinion on it because it seems like, like I can't figure out their plan. And I think that's a pretty common thing that people are saying. Like, And if they do have a plan, I'm wondering if maybe they've kind of strayed away from it as players come available, whichever, like... I don't know. With seeing them make trades, it makes me ask a few more questions in their draft because they've already flipped. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like they could have chosen a few better players in the expansion draft if they're going to be flipping those guys and then get a few extra picks. But I'd, I've just been a bit confused about Seattle's plan. But So I was a bit surprised that Grubauer went there, but I, I don't know. I feel like I need to see what Seattle's fully complete. Like, do you think they're done? Because I've just been a bit confused about what they've been doing. <laughs> no, they still have like 20 million in cap space. Yeah. So I don't think they're done by any means. I think they're building for like three, four years down the road. That's what I think they're doing is that they're saying like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we're going to be young. We're probably not going to be that great in the first couple of years, but we've got assets. We've got cap space and we're not going to handcuff ourselves to any deals we don't want mm -hmm. down the road. Because obviously Tarasenko doesn't have trade value. I mean, St. Louis trying to give up for free. Carey Price, probably going to be banged up. Probably never going to be the same again that he was last year. You know, there, there's just those situations that as a GM, you don't want to put yourself in. So when you can lock up a goaltender like Philip Grubauer, who, I'll say it, I think he's overrated. You know, I, I, I think that at least you've got a starter now who you can lean your hat on. And you've got a great 1B in Chris Dreger. Sorry, I cut out. For, I just lost connection for about 20 seconds. <laughs> All I heard. Sorry, um, you're going to have to take that one. I missed what you said. <laughs> My internet totally froze. She's back. She's back. No, and now I said, I'm back. Yeah, I said like with Grubauer, like, hey, it's good. I think he's a little overrated as a starter. But again, I mean, he's a competent goaltender, competent mm -hmm. in the league. But now you've got Dreger as a good 1B as well. Now you've got a yep. pretty solid condom. Or, uh, Tandem, lay your hat on there. I was gonna say combo and tandem. That one worked out hot. Love how that worked out for you. <laughs> Grubauer, I'm really interested to see on a new team because I was one of the people that wasn't necessarily sold on his um Vezina nomination because and not because I think he's a bad goalie. Obviously, he's unbelievable, but I loved his defense in front of him so much. And I do I don't mind Seattle's defense, what they have so far. That was obviously a pretty big priority for them. But yeah, I'm curious to see how he does with a new team and then just kind of see how much of that was him and how much was the team that was playing around him. I think a lot of that is the team in front of him, right? I mean, they were always the cup favorites, they were mm -hmm. always the best regular season team. So how much of that does actually come down to the guy between the pipes when he's only facing 25 shots a night? Yeah. And and obviously Colorado ends up going and picking up Kemper out of Arizona. So I want your thoughts. Is Darcy Kemper a better goaltender than Philip Grubauer? I don't know if I would say better. I just really like that fit. I like Darcy Kemper. And I think if he hasn't been with Arizona, I think a lot more people would have been watching him and really hyped on him. I think he's about to kind of pop off in the league for a bunch of people that haven't watched a lot of Kemper. I th I'm excited about that. I don't know if he's, I mean, I, I grew up with Kemp. Like he's an awesome guy by Saskatoon. They're good Saskia kid. I mean, a little bit of a late trajectory in his career, but again, it's awesome to see what he's really formed himself into. And I hope he does get a five by five on his next mm -hmm. deal. But it will be interesting to see that if this is the difference maker come playoff time, because Grubauer allowed some goals that you can't allow in the playoffs, yeah. especially 
Vegas series. So can Kemper be the difference maker? And if one team has seen the best of Darcy Kemper, it's the Colorado Avalanche. Remember in the bubble last year? Yeah. I mean, the only reason why they were in that series. Mm-hmm. So Colorado probably sees that and says, hey, we can acquire them. It's going to cost us some assets. But end of the day, if we can lock them up to a deal for cheaper than what Grubauer expects, yeah. we're winning. Well, and that's it exactly, is you've got so much talent in front of you. And then, um, like, signing Gabriel Landeskog, um, one of us was right about that. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, you're, they, they're, they're so complete up front that I think it's okay, or it's a good move to not spend quite as much in goal. And, yeah, I think Kemper's going to totally work out there. It's, it's interesting. Like, I'm curious to see how it goes, obviously. It's easy for us to sit here and then predict that everybody's going to just go there and shine. But, yeah, I like Kemper. I'm excited to see more of him. Him. I'm I want to get your thoughts on flurry it's what everybody's talking about and I've got some pretty strong opinions like many people do I think that if Vegas wasn't such a good place to play I think it would be a pretty big stain on how people would view the golden Knights just how they dealt with it like we knew they weren't going to keep both goalies but when you find out on Twitter and it wasn't even goodbye to the face of our franchise it wasn't it was the graphic said acquired michael hakarainen is that who it was and yes, yeah and, and then it says in exchange for goaltender mark andre flurry and the big graphic was acquired of the other player and that's how we found out like how do you do that to the face of your franchise so disrespectfully yeah, it's a tough one. I, I don't know where I exactly fall on it because there's a part of me that's going like, hey, they don't need to inform you it's a business. But then you take a look at Flurry, what he's done for that team. You know, he's a he's won the Vesna. I mean, he won the Vesna this year. He's <laughs> the Cup final. He's got multiple rings. So, yeah, they did him dirty a little bit. But I, I think, yeah, it probably deserved a little bit of a phone call beforehand being like, hey, we're going to pull the trigger on this deal. Not just like, yeah, Chicago's interested a couple of weeks ago. I think there's some ethics things, but again, it's it's the hockey world. Nothing really surprises me at this point. You know, it's, it's a business. You're a piece of meat to them. But that's what I mean is there are teams that don't operate that way. And that's why as a new franchise, oh, oh 100% there's teams that don't operate that way. I worked with a team. <laughs> but just you like... Give everyone a heads up before they trade them. Sorry, ask that again? You think Nashville or any other team is giving every single player a heads up before they trade them? Obviously, we're living in a different world of media right now where things are broken so quickly online. We're not waiting for the six o'clock sports news anymore. But I feel like you have a responsibility as a person within that organization to give him a heads up because he knew there were rumblings. He knew there was talk. But like it's literally picking up a phone 30 seconds going, hey, man, you're going to Chicago. Like Here's a it's it's the base level of respect for someone that has been the absolute fan favorite in that town, and I'm I don't know if you've been to a Knights game, but he is beloved in that city. And for it to just be the way that it went down, like a quick thirty second phone call, and then have the graphic of goodbye, Mark Andre Fleury, not just having him buried in the tweet saying that he's gone, like. It's just, it's a base level of respect and it's it's not just the one occurrence with him. Like there have been obvious issues that dated back to when Alan Walsh is tweeting out a photo of a gigantic sword in his back. So obviously things haven't always been kosher with that team, but he was a total professional through that whole thing. That entire instance where Twitter's blown up and media's asking him about it and he's just going, I'm just here to play the game because that was when they were in the playoffs. And Mark Henry Fleury, like, he's someone that in every single one of my interactions with him, everything that people say from my experience is beyond true of just an absolute professional, someone that's so great to be around, someone that deserves all of the respect. He's so respectful. Just do the bare minimum. That's what how I look at it is it's a quick phone call so he can understand that he was worth at least something emotionally to that team. I'm in a mental pretzel. Is it? Beloved or beloved? I feel like both. And now I'm thinking I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Okay. Also, Alan Walsh. We don't talk about him on the show, but okay. Sorry, sorry, I brought up the name. We shall not say. That's one warning for you. No. 
<laughs> no, I mean, you make valid points about Flurry, but again, here's a scenario I'll throw at you. You said, oh, you just pick up your phone and you give him a call. What if he tries to, what if, okay, here's the thing, eight o'clock in the morning, Chicago GM Stan calls, says, hey, we got a deal, but you got to accept it on this call right now. You get 30 seconds. Okay, accept it. Good. We got a deal. Now, all of a sudden, Vegas is trying to get a hold of Flurry to be like, hey, we're trading you. You know what? Just accepted the deal. Flurry's on the golf course. Flurry's with his kids. Flurry's in the Bahamas. You can't get a hold of him on that instant. All of a sudden, the deal's going to break. It's already been accepted. It's already been going through the league. I don't know. I, that's I mean, fair I, if that's what's happened, but that's not what happened. If he's on the golf course and he picks up and he has a missed call, that's on you, man. But that wasn't what happened. Him and Alan, well, him and who shall not be named, are sitting there waiting for the news to drop. And then, it, like it was tweeted out after, he didn't know. So I have a strange feeling that his phone was on that day. That wasn't, I understand what you're saying, but it just, that's just not what happened. Like it's a base level of respect that I think hockey fans should be able to ask for and players should be able to ask for, especially of that caliber. Vesna just casually won a Vesna trophy, no big deal. It's just that guy in Vegas. I don't know. It's Kucherov said he's fine. He's okay. He's, he's all right. <laughs> okay, more goalies we got to get to here before the break. Vancouver, they buy out Holtby. Like, did, did you like the move? Do you think they're a better team now than they were, you know, earlier? Vancouver, I don't think we have enough time to get into before break because I have a lot of feelings. But Vancouver, I love the Halak deal. That made a lot of sense to me, just especially that number. Someone behind Demko. Holtby needed to be moved because the Canucks were in such cap trouble. Like Holtby and Schmidt, they didn't really have an option but to have them not be with the team anymore. So, yeah, their goaltending moves I actually was really happy with. Especially with how the chips started to fall with goaltenders and then picking up Halak when and when they did. I really like that one. And Ian Clark, I've heard, was a really big part of bringing. And I trust Ian Clark's judgment with goaltenders about a million times more than my own. So if Ian Clark is happy with him there and people are happy with the number, I love it. That's fair. I just feel like Halak is like way on his back nine. I don't know. Like they were playing like Swayman, Ladder, like those guys over him in Boston. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's got more life left in him. Maybe he's got more game. Maybe he's just a mentor that they want for uh, Demko. Well, know. and just having a body there to be a backup. But then also, like, working with uh, Ian Clark, you've seen it in so many different guys' careers where as soon as you get Clark around you, there's a lot of little things that guys clean up that he just seems to be such a game changer for so many players. Now, Freddie Anderson to Carolina. I know we're going to get off to a commercial break in a minute, but I'm gonna, just going to rapid fire a couple off. Yeah. Freddie Anderson to Carolina. You like it? Hate it? Love it? I don't love it only because I would have taken the risk on Nadelkovich. And I get why they didn't. I understand why he was more of a risk, but that was a risk that as a franchise I would have been willing to take. But as I'm sure we'll get into later, um, they've made a few moves that I necessarily wouldn't have in Carolina. Got rid of the most overrated D-man on the market. So again, maybe they're sitting oh. space-wise. They saved themselves nine million dollars. We'll talk about D-man. Uh, other goalie was what I think of. Allmark got four by five. That seems like a wild overpayment. I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, Martin Jones in Philly. Yeah, yeah that's. I mean, that's there's so much goalie movement. I know you want someone there with um, Carter Hart, who's got a little bit of experience. They had Elliot there before. I think they knew Elliot really didn't have too much gas mm-hmm. left. Hank, Arizona just like cleaned house on all their goalies. Buffalo signed too late last night. They got Anderson out of retirement. Then you get Aaron Dell, who is tossed around multiple teams. What did New what Jersey in Buffalo? Yeah, New Jersey added someone too. I mean, we covered the big ones. We'll dive into defensemen next, though. That's that's what everyone really wants to hear. <laughs> we'll get into all that. It's Cody Jansen, Katie Caldwell with you on World Hockey Report. We'll break down a little bit more. NHL news for Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. Free agency special coming to you live on 12 Ounce Sports. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen with you on 12 Ounce Sports. Presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, your one-stop car truck parts and accessory store we're breaking down everything free agent frenzy brought to you by billy smelling salts as well time to ditch the energy drinks get ready to win with billy smelling salts designed for athletes looking to get in the zone billy smelling salts rapidly increase energy level through brief sniffing 
support Canadian business, go check them out today at shopbillies.co plus punch the promo code WHR for an extra 10% off. Of course, use responsibly. We talked about goalies. Let's talk about D-men. And one, it was a trade. It wasn't a free agent signing. But come on, Katie, your beloved Canucks. Beloved? Beloved? Now I'm, now I'm dropping that word unexpectedly. Your beloved Canucks end up picking up OEL and Connor Garland. What's your thoughts on Oliver Ekman Larson? Okay. So I didn't love the trade originally, and it still isn't sitting super well with me. I love Connor Garland. Let me start off by saying that if it was just a Connor Garland trade, I love that. I think, let me start by saying the Canucks are undoubtedly a better team. Like they're way more competitive on the ice. They're a lot better of a team, but I feel like what the Canucks are doing right now, it reminds me a bit of that meme, you know, where there's a little girl in the swing set and there's the huge fire behind her and she's kind of got that evil look on her face. Like, I feel like that's kind of Jim Benning right now where it's like, I'm so Jim Benning is without a doubt, he's fighting for his job and Aquilini, they are fighting to get lost revenue back. That's no secret. And I feel like that move in particular, it just screams like, it doesn't matter what happens down the road. It doesn't matter what kind of cap hell we're going to get ourselves back into. Taking on that OEL contract to me is just a bit of a Jim Benning nightmare because it's just it's just what he's done. He loves picking up those big clunky or signing those big clunky contracts that don't age well. Garland I love, but OEL, it just maybe a fresh start will be good. And maybe for one, two, even three seasons, the trade can look unbelievable. But that's just what Benning has done. And I feel like it's a situation where, A, it either works out super well, or B, he's not there to deal with the repercussions of it. But I just... Contradicted yourself, though, when you're saying, hey, yeah, they got to be in a win-now mode and they're better. They don't need to be in a win-now mode. They had one more year. They had one more year if they held on. What's that? For Benning's job, though. Oh, oh, yeah, but this isn't about Benning. That's what's so frustrating is Benning is doing things selfishly, in my opinion, to hold on to his job, and it's not for the good of the franchise long term. And the biggest frustration that Canucks fans have with Benning and with the management is that there seems to be no plan moving forward. Every year it's, oh, we're one year out, we're two years out. Well, it's been how many years, Jim? And if they were to hang on for one more season, you get rid of Louie, you get rid like all of these huge numbers that have been holding up cap space for you. Those are off the books and it's essentially a fresh start for them, but with some really, really key pieces to build around. That's what was so frustrating is if you hold on for one more season, if you accept, we probably won't make the playoffs with whomever we have. But the Pacific Division is wide open, so you never really know. But if they just held on and said, next year we go, next year we go all in, that's what I was, that's what a lot of Canucks fans were waiting for. So that caught that trade I didn't love only because of the super clunky contract of OEL. He could work out for a few seasons, but I just don't see it aging well. And that's just part of Jim's legacy. I mean, where, where do I go? I mean, you really just like hammer down every single nail on the board right there. But again, I, I still think that for Vancouver, it makes him a better team in the short term. And for mm-hmm. Jim, it probably saves his job because now maybe they get into the playoffs. Maybe they battle for a playoff spot. And that's what fans want. Fans don't want to see your team just be the doormat of the league for every single season, especially when you've got these young guys who you're going to be signing to bridge deals most likely. And if you're signing a team, uh, you know, young guys to bridge deals and you don't do well, they're going to leave. So you have to do something to make them want to stay. You have to say, hey, we're serious. We're going to bring in some guys. And yeah, I don't think OEL is a perfect defenseman by any means. I think defensively he's not that great and, I'm not a $8 million defenseman or whatever his cap hit is. But again, the bigger issue here is that why would they acquire OEL when he's flat out said, I don't want to play in Canada. I don't want to play in a Canadian market. Like his agent is already, you know, bitching and complaining about like, oh, all the hate and harassment these guys are getting on social media, everything. It's unacceptable. Like the Canucks Twitter needs to do a better job promoting them and, you know, making a positive image out of our players. Like there, there's so much disconnect that it's like, yeah. was it talked about before the trade? That's where I've been. Yeah. His, his agent, that whole hit was just wild. And I had so many issues with that, but to go back to what you were originally asking, like, 
as a Canucks fan, if you want your team to be competitive now, and if you're these players, PD Hughes, if you want to be able to be the team making the playoffs, I totally get that. As a Canucks fan, though, I would rather have, rather than making the playoffs for one year, hoping to get to maybe the second round in the short term, I would rather have a long-term, three, four-year comprehensive plan of how you're going to get out of this. Because the thing is, is right now, they're not close enough to compete with Vegas, with Tampa, with like there's with with Colorado. And that's the thing is if if you were that one piece away, sure, make the trade, go all in, push all of your chips into the center. But then Canucks fans are asking, okay, what about the next few years? Because you don't have enough space and they and the, the problem is they're running out of draft picks. And that forces you to sign guys like Tucker Pullman. For who's making half a million dollars more than Justin Hall, which blows my mind. But that's what happens when you don't draft and develop your own defensemen. When you keep having to just retroactively make these deals, it's it's frustrating for fans because they're going, okay, we see what you're doing in this exact moment. That's fine. But I think they're also looking at it with a capital a, a capitalism lens of we get that you're just trying. Jim's trying to save his job, and Aquilinas are trying to make money, and that's fine for the season. For the season, they'll be entertaining. They'll be good. They'll be competitive, but not enough, and not enough that it's good enough for Canucks fans for the next few years to feel okay about the direction of where the team is heading. Canucks fans have the shortest memories I've ever seen. If they go and beat a good team, they're on cloud nine. They're like, our rebuild's done. We're here. So I and I think that's kind of just the crowd they're pandering to right now. Be like, hey, we got some simple-minded fans. We make a big trade. We bring in a couple of names that people know. Mm-hmm. They'll be happy. So I think that that is where betting's playing into. Do you have any more thoughts on the Canucks, or can we move on to the other nope. 30,000 D-men? We can move on to the 30,000 D-men. Now that we talked 10 minutes about uh, Canada's team there in Vancouver. No. Okay. So uh, one of the, one of the names that we've always, you know, had a debate about Seth Jones, Dougie Hamilton, mm-hmm. Seth Jones, better D man gets paid more in Chicago. Dougie Hamilton. I mean, it's just a numbers game there. He got paid more, so he's better, but Dougie Hamilton ends up in New Jersey. Why New Jersey? That's my biggest question. Like, does he see that team and go, I think this is a team that can win in the next five years because I don't, I, I really see them. They have a couple of pieces. They've got Blackwood, Hughes, Heischer's not what he should be. Mm-hmm. Dougie Hamilton. Yeah. I was a little surprised that he was in New Jersey. I don't know how it's going to necessarily work out as a complete team. I haven't watched very much of the devils, especially last season when we were mostly just watching the North. <laughs> but, the, I don't even think they have fans. Yeah. I won't go that far. Um, I don't need people up in my mentions, but um, I'm just such a fan. You know that everybody knows this. I'm just such a fan of Dougie Hamilton as the player. So I think he'll do well. And I think I'm curious to see what he brings to that team and how he changes the landscape of it. I might watch a few more Devils games than I otherwise would have. <laughs> but no, this, this, this time next year, we're going to come back to this and we're going to count how many full New Jersey Devils, Devils games you watched. I bet it's two. Two full ones? Yeah. I bet really? there's quite a few, like, oh, watch period here and there to just prove Cody that I'm right, that Dougie oh, Hamilton is better than Seth Jones. I mean, puck drop to final buzzer. You think yeah. you'll watch? <laughs> yeah. The over-under is one and a half. Yeah, okay. I'll take the under. <laughs> no, but now I will just to prove a point. But D- Dougie Hamilton... I don't love the slander that he gets. I just, I don't understand it. People classify him as just, and I use air quotes here, just an offensive defenseman. And that just blows my mind as it, like he's, to me, he's just, he's so complete in every single way. Like Dougie Hamilton to me is like franchise changingly good. I don't know if that's actually a word, (laughs) but he to me, like he's worth breaking the bank for. He's still fairly young. He's proven and one thing that I like about him is every single system that he's put put been put into, he's really, really fit in. Where there's a lot of guys that they're very, very system-based, then they go to a new team and they just suck. So I I was surprised with the deals that Jones got more. But 
I'm I'm higher on Dougie Hamilton, and I'm very open about this, that I am in the boat right now of trying to learn analytics. I'm at the very beginning of it, <laughs> but I trust those people way more than I do. And he's like routinely identified as one of the best advanced stats guys. So that's something that I'm just like citing other people that are way smarter than me as I learn analytics, because I think there's a really important spot in the game for them. I trust those people. I mean, it's fair, but NHL GMs agree with me. Seth Jones is worth more. He's a better defenseman. He gets nine and a half, goes to Chicago. I mean, that's a huge piece on your back and that they can build around. I'm not saying Dougie Hamilton's a bad defenseman, but at nine million, no thanks. I, I'll, I'll take mm. a You know, there's a reason that so many teams have given up on him in the past. I get it analytics-wise. Maybe he is a fine defenseman. Maybe he does check the boxes on your numbers. But I, I think Seth Jones has a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup. And I think that's the guy I want when it comes down to playoff hockey. It I want to ask you about Chicago then. Because a lot of people were a bit confused about this move. And then there's so many people that are like, oh, yeah, they're pushing for the cup. And I, I fundamentally disagree with that. Like, I think people are getting so excited as if they, they were just a few pieces away. Forgetting how bad they were. Like, I get that they are trying to extend the window for Tainan Caves. Like, that seems pretty obvious. But I don't know. I don't see this really being, like, a last dance situation like I do see with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Oh, my goodness. We are not getting into NFL talk today. That's, That's all the- I was going to say about it. That's the last thing I want to hear is Aaron Rodgers on this show. Or I'm going to mute every mic, and we're just going to sit here in silence for 25 minutes. Okay, I'll talk about Javante for 25 minutes then. You can sit in silence. Chicago, though. Okay, you brought him up. And and this is a hot take because, I mean, I know so many people are ripping him online and there were so many stupid tweets. But they are one of the most improved teams after free agent day. Outside of them letting P.S. Suter walk, that was stupid. I mean, mm-hmm. that gets a stud. And they're just like, here you go. Have him for free, Detroit. What an idiot. I mean, I, I I mean, I don't have any enough time to talk about Stan Bowman here. But the no initial is great. They've got Lankin in the net. So Flurry's one of the best mentors you can ask for in the game. So now you've got great goaltending right there. You've got an awesome one, too. You've got Seth Jones on the back end. I get it. People might have been high on Boquist, but again, I don't think Boquist has a ceiling potential of Seth Jones ever. Ever in his career. So yeah, you kind of have to give up a little bit extra. But again, I think you get the better player there. And is there a window now? No, but I think that you could probably say they're a lot closer to a full-out rebuild than the Vancouver Canucks. Am I wrong in saying that? I don't think so. Their situations are kind of apples and oranges. Also, we don't even know if Fleury's going to report to camp. Like, everybody's speaking about Marc-Andre Mark, Mark Fleury as if he's for sure like, yeah, packing up my shit and going to, going to Chicago. He's very right. openly said how entrenched his family is in Vegas. And, like, we've heard the word retirement be thrown out there. How do you think about that? Like, what are the odds that you think he actually moves and ends up in Chicago? Because a lot of people are speaking about the team so confidently as if he's going to report to camp. He's going to. No way he you think. To- on his legacy of being like oh he just quit on his team he just quit you know just didn't show up i don't think flory wants that on his legacy he'll go stick it out i think he will probably play a year maybe this maybe this is the extra push he needs to go retire in pittsburgh you know Mm. i don't there's there's a lot of things that do go through my mind but him not showing up isn't one of them Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see if he does or not, because I think there's a lot of hurt feelings there. And I think there's just a lot of he doesn't want to keep displacing his family and moving around, which I totally get that. Like there's there is such a human side to sport that a lot of people don't think about of the actual like physical uprooting. And yeah, I I don't know. I, I still I think he will be in Chicago, but I'm just not as confident as other people. I don't think it's a given. But, but when you think about the moves that Chicago made, and I hate pumping their tires because it's one of the scummiest franchises in the NHL right now, and we've already dove into it. But I, I hate also blaming players. You can't put any blame on new players there. So I hate the unfair judgment. Like, it, it'd be unfair of us to be like, oh, Fleury's a scumbag for playing in Chicago when he had no part in any of the team's history, right? But again, mm-hmm. if you give 
fresh new start start with the logo but <laughs> we won't dive into any of that but then, okay so like you had tyler johnson right like you had jake mccabe like they've added some pretty damn good pieces they're mm-hmm. not kirby doc's gonna be a year older that kid's a stud to bring cats a sniper and a half stroll mm-hmm. found a new level there you've still got patrick kane caves if he's healthy i think you got kubalik too like i don't know they I'm, I'm now convincing myself they're a Stanley Cup champion contender here. But Love well, that for you. <laughs> yeah, I like them, though. Was there any um, other forward or D-man additions that really stood out to you that you were like, wow, that was that was a really good one? Because I'll, I'll give one, and I think it might have been a little bit of an overpayment, but Jaden Schwartz to Seattle. Mm, I think yeah. all energy, and I love that one. Obviously, Hyman to the Oilers. Mm-hmm. You're him for what he does in those first three, four years. That's- yeah, especially with how he plays. That he he plays hard. <laughs> that obviously injury is always a concern, but you can't like that's just a concern for everyone. That's a good problem to have for guy worrying about your guy playing too hard. What's that? Were you surprised they re-signed Tyson Berry? Not really. I was a what what were your thoughts about um Ethan Bear and Warren Fogel? I think they just didn't have room for Bear anymore. Mm-hmm. Is as high as Bouchard or Broberg? They don't have room for him. They want a more veteran decor. They see what wins. And for Warren Fogel, I think he's a strong player. The analytics community loves him. He just needs a change of scenery. He's not a mm-hmm. fourth line player like Rod the Bod was using him as. He's got a little bit more skill. He skates all summer with Connor McDavid, Darnell Nurse, those guys. Like I, I, I truly believe. But this is a guy who can fill in a top six role better than Dominic mm-hmm. Cahoon. So yeah. get it, different position, but still, I, I, I like the deal. I'm sorry. I, I like Ethan Bear too. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But where do the Oilers need help? Up front. Yeah. Get help for cheap. It's a one for one swap. We're in photo. Freaking rights. I, yeah, and I totally get it. I'm just such a big fan of Ethan Bear. I'm just sad to see him leave that organization because he's just such a good player. And I think we haven't even seen close to what his ceiling can be yet. Um, and I get it. Like Edmonton spent a lot of money on defense, a little too much for me. And I'd, for how much money they have in their decor, and then I look at who they have, I don't love that. The Cody CC one is. That's rich. That's rich. I mean, what well, you can't fault the guy for taking a payday. I love, no. it. I love, I love seeing guys get paid. But from an Oilers perspective, they better hope he pans out. They better hope he pans out. <laughs> One more where I'm still blinking at is Philip Deneau in LA, five point five for a guy who does not provide offense at all. Yeah, well, LA is a curious one. No, that's a I fake reason they got going on. I don't always know what they're up to. (laughs) Michael there in a second. What's that? If they were legitimate trying to win another Stanley Cup with Drew Doughty there, they would have had Jack Eichel on a private Mm. second. Instead, they're going, we'll just be competitive. We'll kind of insulate Byfield and, you know, some of their other young guys. But like, I mean, they already have Kopitar. I, I, I think it's a weird one. It's a very weird addition for LA that doesn't do much. Yeah. Yeah, that was a weird. I'm sure we can talk about Eichel after the break, but I yeah, I I worry a lot about his injury, his about his whole neck thing. I think I think it's, I think that's more the Sabers kind of screwing him over, being like, no, yeah, we don't want surgery. Like that's that's a whole other aspect of the game yeah. that will really piss someone off. I'm gonna send it into break here. I'm gonna read this tweet though. Uh, Bouchergras sent it out by 10 o'clock last night. Been over 576 million dollars in total value over 92 unrestricted free agent signings. Since 2011, only 20. I was gonna watch that. Since 2011, only 2019 has seen more money handed out on the first day of free agency. It's more than double of day one last year, which was just under. million. We'll head off to break. Brennan Clack is next. We'll get the NHL Insiders update on it here. It's World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen, Katie Colville with you on 12 Ounce Sports. World Hockey Report. Cody Jansen with you. Brought to you by Lord Core Auto Parts. Follow them on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or learn more at lordco.com. 
Our last guest of the 21 season is brought to you by Coco Vodka Cocoa Rum. Not looking for a heavy drink this summer? Well, you can switch it up. Coco Vodka Cocoa Rum, the absolute best, refreshingly different. New tall cans in Canada flavors are next. Enjoy the Coco line for us. High quality ingredients, no fillers, no beer bloat, no cheap liquor. Coco Vodka Cocoa Rum, you will not be disappointed. Our next guest, NHL Insider. Follow him on Twitter at NHL Updates, Brennan Clack. Brennan, what's going on, buddy? I want to get your thoughts here. We'll take you pretty quick. But again, who who won? The Chicago Blackhawks or the New Jersey Devils when it comes to defensemen? Seth Jones or Dougie Hamilton? What move do you like better? Well, I like New Jersey a lot better in this scenario because they didn't have to trade any assets. I mean, they just signed Dougie, and that was it. And I also like Hamilton a little bit better as a player going forward. So overall, I'm going to take the Devils on this one. Okay, that's enough. See ya. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I fundamentally agree with you, Brennan. (laughs) Uh, Now that the dust has settled on a very busy free agent frenzy day yesterday, how are you feeling about the moves that the abs made uh, precisely between the pipes? Well, I like Darcy Kemper a lot. I think that the Avalanche really liked what they saw from Darcy Kemper when they saw him in the bubble. I mean, Arizona had no business being really in the series against Colorado to begin with. And Arizona beat Nashville, largely getting outshot in every one of those games. And then Kemper played pretty well in the bubble too against Colorado until maybe the last game or two. But by that point, Arizona was in a total collapse. So Colorado's seen him firsthand. He's a good number one goalie. They do need to be careful about him being a bit glass though he gets some injury issues here and there and their backup is pavel francois well he's also a guy that gets hurt often or at least he's struggled to stay healthy so if they have a number three goalie that they really like which they seem to like Jonas johansson then kemper is a good addition and they still have so much forward depth i mean alex newhook is going to come in and be really good for them but i have to be a bit careful because i picked the abs to win the cup and then I looked really dumb. I looked so confident in them too, but they they played their worst hockey against Vegas. So uh, I still believe in them. I got one last one for you. Jim Benning or Ken Holland? Who's had a better month? Oh boy. Uh, who's had a better month? Well, I, you know what? I'm going to say Jim Benning on the basis that he cleared out a lot of cap and you have to take on Oliver Ekman Larson, and that's extremely difficult. I mean, that's something that I would not have preferred doing. But Connor Garland makes their top six really good. They get Jason Dickinson. They're going to get Pod Colson in there. All of a sudden, the the bottom six is starting to get some pieces. And I don't know. I, I it's tough because I don't like what either GM's really done as on the whole. But at the same time, I, I do like that Vancouver's managed to somehow eliminate a lot of salary. Nate Schmidt as well. They got him out of there because I thought a team might offer sheet Elias Pettersson. I think the Canucks did too. So that really helps to give them some space in case there is a team with a lot of space that wants to do something bold. Oh, yeah. A lot of Canucks fans were definitely fearing that. <laughs> um, Brendan, last question for you. Was there a clear winner that you had out of all of this? Any GMs, any teams where you're going, ah, they might be sneaky, sneaky good. Well, I I look at what happened this offseason, and I must say, like, I I like what the LA Kings did. I'm going to go against the grain on on Cody because the thing with Philip Deneau is that Philip Deneau is kind of that kind of guy that's a number, like a third defenseman. We always talk about how how defense can be a third forward. Like Tyson Berry is another forward on the ice. He's a fourth forward or whatever. But Deneau is a third defenseman. And for the LA Kings, who want to get better and, and want to challenge in the Pacific, they need a guy that can match up against Connor McDavid. And and Andre Kopitar is great, but he has he's 33 turning 34. Like, he needs a little bit of help. Deneau is a really good help for them. I thought the, Ar- the Victor Arvidsson pickup was really good. Obviously, Quentin Byfield and, and Arthur Kaliev and Alex Turcott and all these guys might be able to make it and come in. Alex Edler was a good veteran addition. If, if the LA Kings get Jack Eichel, which is not impossible, then they could have Eichel, Kobotar, uh, Kobotar and Deneau down the middle, which would be probably the best center depth aside from the Oilers in that division. Well, Brennan, I have to say I disagree with you on the LA Kings. <laughs> <laughs> 
is there. But again, let's hope your abs do a little bit better. I know you're high on Joe, and it was a heartbreaking loss for them against Vegas. But no, buddy, we appreciate you hopping on and giving your insight. Love you breaking the trades as well. Everyone go follow you on Twitter at NHL Insider. You're the best, man. Hope you, uh, hope you have a little bit of a quieter day today. Yeah, thanks, guys. And I, I just want to point out, too, I was listening a little bit before yes. – and uh, Katie's right on Ethan Bear. I think that's going to be a loss going forward. But Fogel's good. Fogel's good. I thought you being an analytics guy would be high on Fogel, no? I, I'm high on Fogel, but Carolina getting a young defenseman is scary because they know how to evaluate them. So They don't know how to evaluate goalies, so I'm not counting. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree there. All right, Clacker, take care, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Brennan. You guys too. <laughs> running flat right there really just i mean just shut down everything i said all show so uh, oh, you and to- then said my two favorite words katie's right uh, let's I go know. let's have him on every show can he be a third co-host yeah so sometimes sometimes you have to uh live through some of those okay let's let's wrap it up here a couple more thoughts on the season free agents anyone we didn't talk about that you wanted to bring up obviously i mean Calgary didn't really do a ton. The more you look at it, it's like, okay, I don't mind the Vladar trade, but again, they still got to qualify him. They got Mark Strom. They didn't, I mean, I, I kind of expected a little bit more out of Calgary, but was there any team who was quiet who were you like, oh, they really should have done something? Well, Blake Coleman. I feel like that's yeah, pretty mean, big. You just overpaid a third line guy. Oh, so I think he'll be in their top six. No question. Probably, but but uh, yeah, I you're right though. Outside of yeah, they, they were kind of a oh okay okay Calgary. Who <laughs> was making like what one two million last year? <laughs> that's, that's your big move. Come on. Yeah, no Calgary. It was just kind of meh for me or whichever. But um, yeah, other than that, I don't think there's any that any big ones that like Hoffman to Montreal. Sorry. Did you like Mike Hoffman to Montreal at four and a half million? Because I feel like he can add a little bit of goal scoring that they kind of needed in the playoffs last year. I don't mind it. It's not a bad one. Yeah, I don't mind it. The price is whatever. It's fine. Um, they yeah, they need that goal scoring. It's funny because a lot of people have forgotten because we're we're talking so much about the Habs and the Canes and all the big bad franchises, and it's like I think people forgot that Mike Hoffman's girlfriend like. Went up. Remember that whole cyberbullying saga with Eric Carlson? That was, oh my goodness. That I was totally, Hoffman. I totally, like nobody's talking about it. I, well, I, I remember it. I, that's funny. Well, that's a terrible word choice. That is not <laughs> funny at all. But like, I, I did not think about that at all. So yeah, yeah. Wow, he's a Canadian market. I wonder if he still has that girlfriend or significant other or whoever. I was wondering the same. Should we get into three favorite moments? We don't have a lot of time, but we are going to talk about our three favorite. One shout out though. I've seen this. It's out of the North American Hockey League. Ashley Chase was named the director of uh, broadcast media operations in the play-by-play voice. First Mm. junior hockey team in USA to have a female play-by-play broadcaster. So just wanted to give a shout out to Ashley. I know we've interacted with her a little bit on Twitter. So I thought that was cool. And, you know, we've obviously had a great relationship with Leah Hextall as well as going on to do some great things over at ESPN. So had to give her a shout out. Also, our top three favorite moments of the year for our friends at Quack Stats. We're not going to bench anyone today because we're in such a good mood. Be sure to go follow Quack Stats on Twitter at Quack underscore stats. And the web app is out today. I want I mean, I think we've got all different top three. So I'll let you give your number three first. Okay. Also, on the day that I have so many people to bench and so many franchises to bench. Maybe we'll bench someone if if we're quick through this. Okay. I would still love to bench many people. Um, So number three for me, um, it wasn't technically on the ice or any game, but it was um, Henrik Lundqvist when he posted on Instagram. um, Just that he was back on the ice. I think it was about six weeks out from his surgery. And it was just like, a really good feel good moment because he's been such a, an important staple in the league and it was so tragic what happened to him and just seeing him on the ice was just a an okay he's doing okay <laughs> that was a, a memorable one i'll stick in washington i'll go with craig anderson and his playoff win mm. i was that's a guy who only a couple of games one is the third string picked up a playoff win that was awesome yeah i'll, I'll do my number two and then i'll throw it to okay. you for your second one the lake tahoe incident i mean the ice there was terrible it was funny it was hilarious. That's the second best moment of the season. <laughs> it was funny. It was. 
I love that. Um, okay, my second one I think is equally as hilarious. Um, it was Habs beating the Leafs. It's just, it's a moment that we'll never forget. <laughs> it never gets old. It never gets old. Never gets old. Okay, Especially the year that we go, they have no choice but to win. There's no excuses. Yeah, all of all of the Toronto Sports Network was just yeah. high. Okay, what's your number one? Okay, my number one um, was the emotional game when the Canucks returned from their COVID break. It was 18 days, and it was the one where it was so scary, not only for the team, but in the city. COVID was crazy, and it was the Delta variant, and... They most media members, myself included, um, were calling for the Canucks to just cancel their season because it was that scary. And you're looking, how can these guys get back? And then they come back. And I love that two of my three moments are beating the Leafs, but and then they beat the Leafs. <laughs> but Braden Holtby had that big um, like barrel roll save, and that's just one that that's probably Holtby's top moment in Vancouver. So yeah, it was a really emotionally charged game, and it was just like a good feel good story. Well, my number one, I think, is a better feel-good story. It's Patrick Marlowe, Saski. I breaking the record all times game played. I mean, beats Gordy Howe. I thought that was pretty incredible. Okay, you've got 30 seconds to bench someone. Go off. Okay, I'm benching um, both the Montreal Canadiens and the Carolina Hurricanes. Just yeah, their franchises. We're going we're gonna to take this one here. Tony D'Angelo. I mean, what has he done? to like tell someone he's a different he hasn't put out like a public statement he hasn't done any hard-hitting interviews it's kind of a joke how they're just like they take him verbatim and it's just like oh i think he's changed i think it's fine i mean he hasn't shown anyone shit it's he hasn't shown any remorse no oh but he said cody that his actions stemmed from emotions and from being competitive and as someone who's both emotional and competitive i can tell you that i'm not racist they don't go hand in hand He's a piece of shit, to say the least. And then the Logan Mayu situation, I mean, that's just the Habs, and they go, oh, it's not a, it's a bad judgment. It's like, no, you're just an asshole that's insensitive. I don't well, know. and they're, you, they're- you released the statement five days later on one of the busiest days of the summer. Get out of here. What an oh, absolute just, like, disrespect to everyone in hockey. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was, that was terrible. I had to get that out there. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we... Almost forgot about that. That's unacceptable on our part. But again, Katie, I mean, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to uh, have you on the show here. It's been awesome. I got to do a big shout out to all the sponsors to Lord Co, Coco Vodka, Pro Rock Hockey Six, Billy Smelling Salts, Quack Stats, MyBookie.ag, the Hockey Podcast Network, everyone who makes it possible. It's been a ride. And yes, we will have some special podcasts coming out this summer. But until then, everyone, be kind, be better.